First John chapter four, and uh, we're going to be looking at uh, the first uh, the first six verses in this chapter. Uh, we've just sort of subtitled this uh, this series, of course, First John series, but subtitled this message tonight. Uh, don't believe everything that you hear. There's times that we have to check some things out, right? There's times we have to go back to the book. When you're looking from a spiritual standpoint, we have to go back uh, to the book and, uh, and really see what's, what, what truth is. Um, and I've even told you, you've heard me say before, don't, don't listen to everything that I say. Go back and make sure that it's, it's lining up with the, with the Word of God. You're, you're not going to hurt my feelings by doing that because I'm man, and sometimes man makes mistakes, right? And, and sometimes uh, my, my mouth gets ahead of my brain at times even. You know, sometimes we'll call Abraham Moses and Moses Abraham at, at particular stories, and I've done that many times before. I've done that. Well, thank you for reminding me of that, Adam. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but we do things like that. And uh, so, uh, so we, we have to check some things out. But this is, this is interesting, uh, a couple of scriptures here in verses 1 through 6. Uh, verse 1 says, uh, matter of fact, let me, let me start, let's start back up in verse 24, uh, the, end of, in the end of the third chapter. It says, now he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him, and by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are, of, they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are, you are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore, they speak as of the world, as the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know, then, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. By this we'll know that it's the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now, I want to do something a little fun right here. I'm, I'm sort of interested in seeing this just so that we know. And we'll all have difference of opinions. Don't worry about it. We're not going to get upset with anybody tonight. Look at your neighbor. Said, I'm not going to be mad at you. I promise. We're going to love you. And, uh, but this is what I want you to do right here. I want, to, I want to call a person's name, all right? And I want to get a reaction from you. And the reaction that I want to get from you is either a thumbs up or a thumbs down, all right? Is that, is that understandable enough? I'm going to give you a person's name. I may give you, some of you may or may not know who these people are, and I'll give you their little, their little uh, uh, statement of fame, so to speak, if you don't know. And thumbs up, thumbs down. Let's start off with Donald Trump, our president. Got some of you going like this. <laughs> some of you. All right. All right. What about Bill Gates? Bill Gates. Bill Gates, as you know, he's, he's all about computers, Microsoft. All right. So like this, got this, okay, all right. Now, I meant to say this, while you're doing that, I want you to, in your mind, I don't want you to say it, but in your mind, I want you to tell me, why is it this way, or I want you to tell yourself, why do I like this person, or why do I do not agree, or sort of why, just answer that in your mind, all right? All right, here's one, Will Rogers. Anybody know Will Rogers? He was a great humorist of his day, all right? How, how do you respond? If you know him, 
then uh, some of you, you're not old enough or, or you're too young. What about Tiger Woods? He's the golfer. He's the golfer. All right. Wow. That's interesting. All right. What about Billy Graham? Billy Graham. All right. What about Jimmy Carter? He was one of our presidents. Sort of a half and half thing. What about Oprah Winfrey? <laughs> I can't believe somebody. All right. What about Dr. Phil? No comments now. We just get thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> what about Pastor Karen Rigney? <laughs> okay. All right. Now, let me ask you another question. Can you, think about this, can you believe in someone without believing what they say? Can you do that? Hmm? You probably can. There's times that you can do that. You can believe in someone without believing what they say. Let me give you an example. You, you've done it just like I have. I have heard sometimes a lot of preachers say things that I didn't believe in, but yet I believed in them as an individual, as a person, their makeup, their personality, who they are, and what I know about them. That, I'll, just, I'll just leave that at there. Acts 17, verse 11, the Bible said this, Now the Bereans were of more noble character. Listen to the wording. The Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians. For they received the message with great eagerness and examined the Scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Now, that's interesting to me because when I think about Paul, I think Paul is probably one of the greatest missionaries that probably ever lived. You know, he does some great phenomenal things. There, there were some rough patches early on in Paul's life. You know it as well as I know. Before his name was changed, there's a lot of things, a lot of controversy that came up in his life. But once he turned around for Christ, he, he, he turned around for Christ. He, he totally was for Christ. There's some other things that we may not agreed with his demeanor. Him and John Mark had an argument one time, you remember, and he sent John Mark packing, so to speak. Uh, and so there were some things like that. But we know people that we, that we love and we appreciate, but sometimes we don't agree with everything those individuals, those individuals do. The scripture here, in Acts chapter 17, the Bible says that the Bereans was, was a more of noble character simply because they examined with eagerness. They loved the scriptures. They loved the truth, and they wanted to examine the scriptures every day to see what Paul was saying was exactly true. Now, the Bereans no doubt believed the Apostle Paul, but they still checked out everything according to the Scripture to see what he was saying and what he was preaching was of absolute truth. And John is saying here, don't, don't believe, John tells us, don't believe every spirit. Don't believe what every person is saying. Don't believe what every person is teaching. Don't believe what every person is preaching. I could give you some other names in the spirit world as far as where we are today, big uh, television evangelist, and, and I didn't do that on purpose because I didn't, really didn't want to hear what you had to say, whether it was a thumbs up or a thumbs down with some of these, with some of these guys. Because you can take some good and you can take some bad with a lot of, with a lot of folks. Matter of fact, let me just back up and just, you talk about Joel Osteen. 
who is a pastoring the largest church, I'm assuming, in, in America, in, in, uh, in Houston. Now, I'll just give you my view on Joel Osteen. I don't like listening to him preach. But is he a good guy? He has to be. He has to be doing a good work for that many people to be coming and listening. He's encouraging. He's, at least he's giving an, an encouraging message. You may like him or you may dislike him. I, I just personally don't like the style that he has. I like a guy by the name of John Gray that used to be the associate pastor of that church. Anybody know John Gray? He's a big old black man that can preach the house down. Preach the house down. You know, he's, a, he's probably a, a modern-day T.D. Jakes right now. You know, he's, he's phenomenal in his, in his speaking. But he's the associate pastor of that, of that church, unless he took the— I know he took the other church, but I'm, and I'm not still sure how all that plays out with, with the appointments and all of that. But to hear Joel Osteen on a, on a Sunday morning, and tonight you can go home and turn your television on, and you can hear John Gray. He's packed that, that, that stadium out on a Wednesday night preaching the house down. It's totally different. And, uh, and so, you know, it, it's so, but he said, telling us, don't believe everything that you say or people saying, teaching, preaching. Why? Because we believe in Christ, and many who don't believe, they are simply preaching a false message, what the Scripture is telling us. So what are, we, what are we supposed to do, Pastor? We're supposed to cling to the Word of God. We're supposed to know exactly what this book says. That's why I tell you often, we need to get into the book. We need to know what the book says. We need to know what the wordings, the translations, all of these, that we, un we need to know what it says. We've got to cling to the word of God and what his people, what his people are saying. Because here, here's, here's the issue. We're living in a day and time where there are so many people preaching a lot of different messages. They really are. If, if you're a student of the word, you understand what I'm talking about. Everywhere that you go, you can find somebody teaching Bible. You can find somebody teaching Scripture. You can find somebody saying this or saying that or saying whatever. But is it true? Is it the Word of God? Is, are they taking the Word of God for what the Word of God says? So what we're going to do tonight is look at, look at two or three things. The first thing is this, according to the Scripture here that we want to look at, is that you and I should refuse false prophets. We should refuse false prophets. Now, I could go many different places right here, and I could give you some names that probably, probably would hit some, some, some of you close to home. That right now, today, in my opinion, this is my opinion, some of the people that I'm thinking about, you know as well as I know, that today is preaching a false message. We've got some of them in our community. They speak just enough of the truth to get you, to grab you. But Brother Adam, the rest of it is not true. It's not what the Word is saying. It goes totally against the Word of God. You can do that locally. You can do that in other states. You can do that in the United States or even around the world. All you got to do is just look across the television set. Just, just go Google. Just go Google evangelists. Go, go Google ministries and listen to what they're saying. But the Bible says, dear friends, don't believe every spirit. But it says test the spirit to see whether they're of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So who are we listening to today? Who are we listening to? What stuff are we buying from people that's coming across our television or people that we're listening to every day? And do we believe every person who speaks, teaches, or preaches, and do they do that in absolute truth? Are they telling us what we need to hear? 
Am I telling you what you need to hear? Am I giving you things that would help us to grow each and every day of our walk, every time we come together as God's people? What are we saying? We've got to be careful. We've got to be careful. The enemy, we know this, the enemy is out to rob, steal, kill, and destroy us. Is he not? That's what he wants to do. And if he can use a preacher to do it, who better to use? If he can use an evangelist to do it, who, who is he better to use? Because we're prone to listen to that. We're Pentecostals. We're prone to listen to this, or we're prone to listen sometimes to that. Matter of fact, I got a devotion the other day on my phone, and, and I was reading this devotion that somebody sent to me, and, and man, it was great until I got about three-quarters of a way down, and I made this statement saying, hmm. You know, you, that spirit sort of checks you on the inside. You know what I'm talking about? You ever, you ever had that to happen, that your spirit sort of checked? And I said, hmm, that, I don't think that's right. And I looked it up, and it, it wasn't right. So either, either they believed that or they sent it, or they just copied somebody else and didn't read it and just sent it on anyway. Whatever the case may be, we've got to be, we've got to be able to, 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 to differentiate between the truth and what is false. Have you ever met somebody before, and the Spirit checked you saying, hmm, I'm not sure about that person? You ever done that before? You, you, that's, a, that's a spirit of God that's dealing with you, that's helping you to, to, to look into those things. So we've got to be careful who we're listening to in the world when it comes to the matter of eternity. Let me give you a guy's name by the name of Oral Roberts. Anybody remember Oral Roberts? Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts is a guy, was an evangelist. He was a tent revi uh, uh, evangelist, done some phenomenal meetings uh, early on in his, his ministry. Uh, many people healed. He, uh, Oral Roberts University is, is there today because of Oral Roberts. But Oral Roberts, some of you remember this, Oral Roberts felt called to build an enormous hospital complex. You remember that? We saw it across the television. It's a wonderful thing because what he wanted to do is to bring together prayer and medicine together. I think he had a right concept, to be honest with you. I think his concept was good. I think his thought process was good about that. And he also had this, this vision to build a 60-story tower. Anybody remember that, that we saw? In 1980, in the early 80s, the project collapsed, though. Went under. Why did it go under? Because he didn't have any money. He ran out of money. He left the school with staggering debt. And then that Roberts was widely ridiculed, proclaiming, he made this statement on public television, some of you remember watching it, that I feel that God is going to call me home unless I raise $8 million. You remember that? I saw it right on, right on public television. <clears throat> Now, everybody, when he said that, said, this guy's lost his mind. This guy doesn't have a clue what he's talking about. This guy's this, this guy's that. Now, I don't know what you remember about the story. And, and, uh, and God didn't call him home there, but God did send somebody to give him $8 million. And I, we heard people of that day say, well, that, that wasn't of God. They just, they just felt sorry. This was all over the news. They felt sorry for him. They, they didn't want that old man to go out looking bad. But he still got the $8 million. That's pretty phenomenal if you ask me. Maybe I can make a statement. I feel like God's going to call me out, but I just want to raise $5 million. All right? So I'm not really, Lord. All right. So, so when, when, when Brother Roberts made this prediction, he left a lot of people feeling like, come on now, what, what's up? Who are you kidding? All those kind of things. But his true followers supported him. They sent money in, but many people thought that for him, and his ministry, that was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back, and many of them quit following 
following Oral Roberts. Do I think Oral Roberts was a great man? Yeah, I do. I think he was a great man. Did he make some wrong decisions? I think he did. But I think he was a great man. I think he does some phenomenal things in, in ministry. I think God used him mightily in ministry of laying on of hands and people, countless hundreds of people getting healed simply because of the faith that he had. He was a faith guy. His son Richard was a faith guy. Every time you hear them speak, they talk about faith, the, the, the growing of your faith and believing for the impossible. And many things took place with their ministry. And today, Old Roberts University is, is, is worldwide known all around the world because this guy had a, had a, had a vision to, to marry together, if you will, medicine and prayer. It's a good concept. We know that Jesus is our great physician, is he not? And so we understand that. But God, God, and so when old Roberts, he did pass away, he's, he's dead now, and, he, and he's got to stand before the Lord. And so he's got to stand before the Lord for everything that he said, everything that he'd done, all those kind of things, just like, just like you and I. God is the judge. All I know is this. I believe that he'd done a great job. He'd done a, a lot of good work, and he preached Jesus as the only Savior of the world. Every time you heard him, he was preaching Jesus. And I can't argue with that. Can't argue with that fact. He, he promoted the Lord. He promoted Jesus Christ. And verse 1 tells us, even though, when, even though that you make mistakes at times, I may disagree with a man, but I still can believe in a man. That's what I'm talking about. And the Bible tells us, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirit and see if they're of God. There's many false prophets. Many on, uh, has television personalities, all of these in, in pulpits today. So how do we, how do we test, how do we test the spirits? There's really only one way that we can test the spirits, and that is with the Word of God. It's with the Word of God. That's how we test the spirit. So whatever they're teaching, whatever they're preaching, whatever they're spouting off, if you will, or is it stacking up, is it lining up with the Word of God? Because you can't trust everything that Dr. Phil says. Do you understand? And, and, and I'm not a smart guy, but sometimes I'll sit down and I watch Dr. Phil Toby, and I'm thinking, I can do that. I've counseled people with that before. I ain't making millions. They don't give me nothing to tell them that, what Dr. Phil tells them. You know, I'm thinking, where do they, where do they come up with this guy? You know, he, he's not a smart guy. There's a lot of things he is smart about, but I'm thinking some of the things he puts on TV, you could do it, and I could do it as well. So we can't believe everything Dr. Phil says. We can't believe everything Judge Judy or Oprah tells us on television, right? can't believe everything. But you can trust the Word of God. You can bank on the Word of God. You can bank on what God is telling us. Verse 3 tells us every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. We got a lot of spirits that's not acknowledging Jesus tonight. Got a lot of those. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you've heard, we've heard that he's coming, and now the Bible says he's already in the world. So, if a person then doesn't acknowledge the Lord Jesus Christ, if he doesn't acknowledge Jesus Christ as the Son, then he's not of God. He doesn't believe in Jesus. He doesn't trust in Jesus. And verse 5 tells us they're of the world. And therefore, if they're of the world, they speak of worldly things. Do you understand? Here's, here's a concept. Here's a sort of a neat saying for you. Worldly people listen to worldly people. Worldly people is going to listen to worldly people. 
If you're a Christian, you're going to listen most time to Christian folk, right? Because you know they're telling you the truth. We listen to Christians most of the time. And our listening, when we listen to whoever, our listening needs to be discerning. As we said a while ago, sometimes your spirit will check you. Don't ignore that check. Don't ignore that check. You may not understand it at that moment, but don't ignore the check. Because it could lead you down a wrong road or it could take you where you need to go. Does that make sense? So don't ignore, don't ignore the check. So we need to, we need to be, a, be aware of the false prophets. The other thing is this, according to the scripture, we need to recognize real true believers. We need to recognize true believers. Verse 2 says, this is how you recognize the Spirit of God, that every spirit that acknowledges Christ has come, has come in the flesh, is, that comes in the flesh, is from God. We acknowledge Jesus Christ. He is acknowledged. He is spoken about. He's promoted, in other words. Do we, do we know a Christian when we see one? Do we know a Christian when we talk to one? Do we know a Christian when we're, in, when we're in their space or they're in our space? Do we know that they are a Christian? There's a story I read the other day about a Hindu woman who was converted to Christianity. And uh, this, this lady has suffered a lot of persecution uh, from, her, uh, from her husband who was, an, uh, who was not a believer. And when the preacher asked her what she did when her husband became angry, she said, well, when he becomes angry, I cook his food better than I, do, than I, than I ever have before. I, I do my best to cook his food better. He said, okay, when he complains, what do you do? She said, when he complains, I clean my house better. And he says, well, what do you do when he speaks unkindly to you and he treats you bad? She says, when he does that, he said, I answer him mildly and calmly, and I try to show him, listen, I try to show him that when I became a Christian, I became a better wife and a better mother. Now, that's a very important statement for us in 2019. It is. It is. Because if our spouse sometimes speaks harshly to us, we're prone to speak harshly back, are we not? Let's just be honest with ourselves. If our spouse or a young person or anybody else, really, that wants to spout off to us, then we're prone to spout off those things as well. This, this woman had a pretty good pretty good mentality of what it meant to be a Christian, Brother Adam. She understood that, that if I'm going to be a Christian, I've got to change. There's some things that I've got to change. I want to show. I don't want them just to, for me to hear it. Sister, I've got to show them that I'm a better person. I've got to show them I'm a better person. Show them. So how can we know a person is a Christian? Sometimes we know it by their actions. Sometimes we know it by their words, all those kind of things. Uh, they're nice or they're not nice or all those kind of, you, know, you put all kinds of read, but we'll know that they are a Christian. So most people that are Christian doesn't mind talking about the Lord. And can I tell you again, it's not hard to talk to somebody about Jesus. It's not. It's not hard. It can come up in any conversation. I don't care where you're at. Any conversation, it could come up. How are you doing today? I'm having a great day. Well, why are you having a great day? I'm not having, well, I'm having a great day because the Lord got me up this morning. The Lord put breath in my body. The Lord gave me reason to get up and to worship him in prayer. There's, you, you can bring it into any conversation, any conversation. Matter of fact, I was talking to somebody today in my office that had a water bill. That was past due. And I told this person, I said, I can't help you. Facial expressions changed all of a sudden. Attitude changed all of a sudden. I wasn't 
her friend no more. Because I'd helped her in the past. But I wasn't her friend no more. You mean you're not going to help me? Can't do it. You mean to tell me you don't have that amount to help? Can't do it. You mean, Brother Daddy, you're not going to? Can't do it. Talk to you about this at the first of the month. Can't do it. Well, okay. And I told her, I said, you know, God bless you. Have a great day. <laughs> Let the Lord take you where you need to go and help you in every area that you need to, you know, to be helped in. So there's, there's all kinds of ways and things that you can, you, can bring up, you can bring up the Lord. Now, sometimes they'll receive it, and sometimes they won't. They'll receive it later, maybe, when they understand the concept. So there's a lot of, me, a lot of, a lot of good folks in the world, a lot of good people in the world who simply does not know the Lord. There are. There's a lot of really great people in the world who simply has not trusted in Jesus Christ. And they want to see that in you. They want to see your actions in that and seeing if you're a better individual, better person uh, through your actions and through your word and through your deed and all these things. Let those things be a great indicator for you. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, the Bible said, is from God. He's from God. In other words, if a person then confesses Christ unashamingly, then that's a really, really good indicator that he's part of the faith. He's part of the family. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says this, For God did not give us the spirit of, of fear or a, t a timidness, but the spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So don't be ashamed to testify about the Lord or ashamed of me, his prisoner. Don't be ashamed of the Lord. Don't be ashamed of testify of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I appreciate people that confesses their faith in areas or circumstances that it's not... Uh, uh, not, a, not a great place or, uh, to, to confess that, but yet they're unashamingly confessing that. I appreciate people that has the boldness to speak the name of Jesus. I do. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate the fact that this past Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock, we had, what do you think, Toby, about 100, 150 people to show up at the, uh, at the, at the prayer garden to pray over our city. I appreciate that from all walks of life. Do I agree with every person that was there? Probably not. Probably not. But I appreciate the fact that we've got a mayor, whether you agree with him or not, that was still willing to have hands laid upon him. He was still willing to come up before these ministers and kneel down and let them anoint him with oil. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Now, he does some things I don't agree with, and I tell him right to his face. But I appreciate the fact that he at least does that. He acknowledges that. He acknowledges that I need help from the Lord. Appreciate that. And so uh, uh, we've got to understand that, that God's Spirit is within us, and we cannot hold that within us. We've got to share it with the world. We've got to share it and tell if a person or if you and I are Christians or not. All right, the other thing is this, according to the scripture, verse number four, we got to realize, we got to realize what true power really is. What true power really is. Dear children, you dear, you dear children are from God, and you've overcome them, the Bible said, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. In other words, you as a Christian, you as a, as a, as a God-fearing man or a woman, you have an inner strength within you. Now, I know there's times that we don't feel like we do, but you do. 
talked to you Sunday about, about faith and about letting faith arise in you. Had a great service Sunday, and God just poured uh, his spirit out among us. Uh, and I believe that he allowed faith to arise in the house. And that's wonderful, and that's great. But we have an inner strength that sometimes we overlook. We have a power that God blesses and he, and he put in us. Look, if, if, if you can start the day without caffeine and it's a good day, you've got inner strength. Some folk can't do that. If you, can, if you can start the day and get going without taking pills, hey, it's a good day. There's a lot of folk that can't do that. You understand? If you can always be cheerful and smile all the time, anybody in the house that way? If you can hum all the time and sing, you, yeah, that's a good day for you. You're, you're good. Ignoring all the aches and ignoring all the pains. Now, man, half the house doesn't put their head down right now. You know, hanging, Jesus, help us. <laughs> if you can resist complaining and boring people with your troubles, you've got inner strength. If you can eat the same food every day, and be grateful for the food, you can, you can be thankful. It was sort of funny, and I don't see anybody in here that, uh, that has went, but when we went to Honduras, and I'm sure Chris has got involved with some of this and some of these mission trips he took, uh, we, I, you, you know, food is important. It's a good thing. I like food. You can tell. And so the question is asked, what, can we, what do we eat? So somebody said rice and beans. What else? Ain't nothing else. <laughs> it's rice and beans. It, you can be in black beans. That's what it is. You know, rice and beans, rice and beans. And Sister Laura, we went over there to Honduras, and, and I got pretty acquainted with rice and beans. And, and they had chicken over there, the polio. And so you had chicken sometimes. And if you was, if you was really blessed, you got the chicken. But if, you, if, if, if the church and the community over there was sort of a poor community, you got rice, you got rice and beans because it was pretty much abundant. And so, so if you can eat the same food every day, and be grateful for it, like a lot of people has to do, you, you, you know, that's, that's a great thing. If you can understand when your loved ones are too busy to give you time, then you've got an inner, inner strength. If you can take criticism and blame without resentment, then you have an inner strength. If you can ignore a friend's limited education and never correct him or her, then you've got an inner strength. If you can resist treating a friend, a rich friend, better than you do a poor friend, uh, you know, or, or, you know, if you can resist doing that, you've got an you've inner strength. If you can conquer tension without medical help, if you can relax without liquor, if you can sleep without the aid of drugs. Amen, preacher. <laughs> then you've got an inner strength. You're spiritually strong. The, truthful, the, the truth about it is if, if it could be that any human, any, any individual, individual with, with abilities like that, they can, be, they can be a spiritually strong individual. Now, I've, I've, y'all have known me long enough, you know my hang-up. What is, what is my weak point? Anybody can tell me? There you go, thank you. You know my weak point. Road, it's not, no, it's not road rage, Sister Jeanette. I just, I just get mad. It's not road rage. Road rage is when you want to shoot somebody out the car or stop and pull them out of the car and beat them up. But <laughs> now you have it. You're blaming me. So, so the other day, I'm in the, I'm in the vehicle with, with uh, was it you, Dwayne, or Kayla? I can't remember. Somebody in the vehicle, somebody. And we're, we're pulling down past Walmart, going this way. 
and there's an 18-wheeler, I mean, pulled right out in front of us. We had to slam on brakes. It was Keith Welch. It was Keith Welch. He was pulling his big trailer that had a lift on it. It was heavy. I'm talking about 9,000 pounds. At least an 18-wheeler ought to know that a truck carrying something like that, it has a hard time to stop. And they pulled out in front of us, and I went by that truck, and I said, now, I didn't say nothing, but I, I was, <laughs> I, I wasn't even thinking it. I'm waving my hand saying, I can't believe, I can't believe you, I can't believe you did this. What's, what's the deal? What's, if it, if it had been us doing that, you would have laid on your arm. What's, what's, you know, I said a lot of words with that right there. <clears throat> At that point, I did not have an inner strength. I, I was ticked because they pulled out in front of us. Verse 4 said, you dear children are from God. You've overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than is in the world. Greater is he. Greater is he who lives within us. Greater is he who abides with us than he that is in the world. It's the spirit of the Lord. It's the spirit of Christ that dwells in us. It's the spirit who lives within us. It's a spirit, the Bible says it's a spirit of power. It's a spirit of power. You may not, you may not as I said earlier, you may, you, you may not feel personally strong and here's the cool thing, you don't necessarily have to, but he is strong, and he's in you. There's days, Brother Larry, I don't feel strong, but the strength that the Lord gives enables me to do what I need to do. Right? Anybody, you agree with it? So it's his, it's his strength, it's his power. George Mueller, and some of you may have studied him in 1805, between 1805-1898, all right? He began his, his evangelistic tours at the age of 17, uh, or at the age of 70, I should say. For over 17 years, listen to this, traveling all around the world, traveled around the world eight times, he carried the responsibilities of many orphanages until he was 90 years and above. As a young man, the history tells us that Mueller's frequent and serious illness had disqualified him from, from military duty. Many people thought he would die early or he would, he would succumb to, a, to the disease that he had and he would just be bedridden for the rest of his life. But at age 92, this is what he said. He says, I have been able every day and all of the day to work and with that ease as 70 years ago. 92 years old. Talk about somebody who had a desire for Christ. Talk about somebody that, that, uh, that did not. And, and I was, was Marilyn, I, I just thought about what you told me a while ago when I, was, I said something to you about Dwayne with the, with the concrete and we're, we're, you know, aches and pains and all this. And Marilyn told me, you need to start proclaiming. I don't know, I can't remember what you said. Speaking life, speaking life over me instead of speaking aches and pains over me. And, and, and that's true. It, we, we have a power in our words. We have a power in our tongue, and, I, and we don't utilize that. We don't use that as much as we need to. That's where a level of faith has to come and arise within us. God, I'm, I, I've got strength. I've got power. I'm going to be more than a, a conqueror through, through you. But this is what this guy said at age 92. This is what he said. He said, the exercising, he said the exercising himself to have always a, to have always a conscience void of offense both toward God and men. He said, this is how I'm able to do this. This was his three things that he, that he held on to every day. To exercise, to always have a conscience void of offense 
both toward God and toward men, to, to the love he, that, that Mueller felt for the Scriptures and the constant power that he exercised on his whole being. Proverbs 4 and 20 said this. He said, My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Don't let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them in health to the, whole, to the man's whole body. And the third thing he said was this, to the happiness he felt in God and the happiness he felt in the work of God, which relieved him. The happiness that he felt doing the work of God relieved him of all of the anxiety and the needless wear and tear of the labors that he was involved in. Now, I want to tell you something, and, uh, and I, you'll, you'll understand what I'm, what I'm fixing to say. Ministry at times can be exhausting. Doing the right thing can be tiresome. It'll wear you out. I promise you. I've, I've been in a preacher's home my whole life. I've been around ministry my whole life. I've been around ministers my whole life. And I used to listen to some of these guys just as a young boy, listen to them talk and, and how they, you watch them in service many times and when the anointing gets on them, Ain't nothing it doesn't seem like can stop them. But when service is over and that anointing has lifted, sometimes they crash. They're exhausted. They're wore out. And, and a lot of times, Sister Parker, you experienced this probably with, with Brother Parker, a lot of times that's when the enemy will come in in that exhaustion time and say, you're nothing. You gave and you gave and you gave out, but yet what happened? What did you get out of it? All you're getting out of it is, is, is being tired. That's not true, but that's the little, some, some kind of little lies that he begins to speak in your, in your life. I've, I've watched them, and, and these, some of these guys I'm thinking about are some powerful, powerful men of God that's done some awesome, awesome things. But yet at the same time, I've read stories of some of these, some of these guys that's, that's dead, that's gone on and, and, and died now. But they had issues, personal issues in their life because they, didn't, they, couldn't, they couldn't handle the exhaustion time. Does that make sense? They couldn't handle those, those moments where when the anointing had left, it was tough and the enemy beat them up at times. And you and I as God's people, we, we, we have to understand we're not going to listen to what everybody is saying, but what we are going to listen to is what the Word of God says. We, we are going to get our strength from the Word of God. I can't get my strength from man. As much as I love my father, as much as I love the work that he done and, and things that he taught me, all of that, I can't get my, my strength and power from that, from him. Does that make sense? It has to come from the Lord. It has to come from God. It has to come from my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he says... I've, I, I feel happy in God. I feel happy in the work of God. And, and when I do that, I'm relieved of all the anxiety, all the needless wear and tear of our labor. Could it be that you and I need to change the way we think at times concerning our walk, not only with God, but our walk in this present world? Could it be that we are our own downfall simply because of what we say, things that we do, and we get in, in the things that we involve ourselves into. Could it be that, that the reason that this guy was so strong and lived so long was because of the one who lived within him? Sure. Most definitely. The one that lived within him. Who is it? He's the one that was greater 
in us than in all the world that lives within us. So, Proverbs says, My son, if sinners entice you, do not give in to them. Don't give in to them. Don't give in to them. You'll find sinners in every sphere. You'll find sinners in everywhere, every community, every society, all those. You know, they're calling to us. And uh, you, you, we, we, we sit on our television sets. We, they're, they're governing our land today. And they're saying things that goes totally against the Word of God. And, and, and they put agendas out and they do all kinds of things as if everything is okay and what they're saying is absolute truth. You know, I can give you a couple of names right now. That, as a matter of fact, I just watched one of them this afternoon. Uh, one of these, uh, I'm not going to say whether, whether it was a female or a male, but I'll probably slip up. And I was listening to them speak on the television set. I'm thinking, I don't like you. Your spirit and my spirit don't jihaw. I'll <laughs> just put it that way. You know, but they're governing our land and things that they say, Brother Adam, they say for truth. And, it, it, and it's, it's like, you're, you're crazy. If you, anybody, you don't even have to be a Christian if you're just a rank sinner. You surely, you can't believe what they're saying. If that makes any sense. I know that, that don't even sound right, but you know, you know, you get the point. And so they're calling to us from the television and from movies and, and from uh, news and politics and schools and and even from the pulpits, we live in a day, and you know this already, that we watch our television sets, and you understand that we cannot watch a show anymore without homosexual agenda coming out. We can't watch a show or a commercial anymore without a movie, without some kind of agenda coming out. Karen and I, we, we went when, uh, the Sunday when we got food poisoned and couldn't come. Well, that Saturday night, after we ate, we went over to watch a movie. I don't know if I shared this or not. We went to watch this movie. Do you remember the name of this movie? It was about a dog. Okay, I'll tell you how intense we are. It was about a dog that got lost 400 miles away from home, Toby, and the dog was trying to find home. Simple as that. It was just a good, great family, family movie. But even in that movie, there was an agenda that was trying to be pushed. And I told Karen, I said, this is, this is crazy, this is ridiculous, that you can't even go and watch a family movie anymore hardly without, without something like this coming out. Now, was I offended? I wasn't offended in, in, in that sense, but, it, but it's, it, it just let me know that Hollywood and the agenda that is trying to ram things down, down your throat, that from my word of God, it's, it's, it's not true. Now, does that mean that I have to hate the sinner? No. It's not what the word tells us. The word tells us we have to hate the sin but love the sinner. And it doesn't matter if it's the homosexual agenda or whatever agenda. They're, they're, i got to love my fellow man, right? I've got to love my fellow man. And we've got, to, we've, got to, we've got to be able to witness and to testify to those that's around us. I'm not going to get offended for that. We have to love them. We have to show the love of Christ. If we don't do it, who's going to do it? Who's going to, who's going to, take, who's going to take Christ to a lost and dying world? You understand it's not my job to do that necessarily. It's part of my job, but it's your job as well. It's our job together. So everywhere that we go, we're able to preach Jesus. We're able to show the love of Jesus wherever we go. And sometimes, uh, brother, brother Larry, I've got I've to watch my attitude. I've got to watch my, my hand gestures. I, I've got to watch those facial expressions. I've got I've to be careful of those things. All right? And, and, and look, I, and I don't, I don't mean to offend anybody. I'm going to close this right here, but I'm not trying to offend anybody. But, but I've heard people say before, I've heard people say, well, Brother Danny, you know, I've reached a certain age to where I can say what I want to say. 
and I can do what I want to do. No, you hadn't. <laughs> no, you, you have not. I don't know what that age is, but I think it's getting earlier and earlier, younger and younger as, uh, as we go along. <laughs> but we've got, to, we've got to show the love of Christ everywhere, everywhere that we go to a lost and dying world. And that's the fun part. When you get somebody that's lost, I mean totally lost, and you share Jesus with them, and you see the light come on, that's the fun part. You see their life begin to change, and uh, you see their thought process begins to change. That's, that's, that's the fun part. Amen. So be careful who you listen. Don't listen to what everybody, what everybody has to say. Let's, let's pray. Father, we love you. We love you tonight. And what a joy it is to be in your house. What a joy it is to be with your people tonight. We've had fun just studying your word. We've had fun, oh God, just talking about the things of Christ. And I pray that what I've said tonight was a blessing to some. I pray that what we've said and what we've shared, oh God, is, was, was helpful to help us, uh, not only myself, but others that, are, that is here tonight, uh, to do our best to, to align ourselves up with, uh, with, with the ministry, with the Word of God, with, with your love, and that when we go out out of this place, that uh, we can show people the love of Jesus everywhere that we go, whether it's our action, our deed, our word, whatever it is. God, let them see Jesus in us. And we thank you for that. We bless you, Lord, and we thank you for, the, for, the, for bringing people tonight. We pray that you give them safety as they travel uh, from this place. And I pray, God, that you'd bring us back Sunday morning as we come before your presence once again. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.